Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Are you tired of staring at a blank page when it comes time to do your marketing? Are you frustrated trying to figure out the timing and how to get your schedule done so that your marketing actually gets finished? Join me and my friend Sagan Morrow for a week of getting your marketing done. Both of us will be holding trainings on how to structure your day to maximize productivity and to discover the missing key in your marketing. Sign up at theaudienceconverter.com slash maximize. Welcome to another episode of the Audience Converter Podcast. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter, and marketing strategist. Today, we're going to talk tackle a very important topic in the world of entrepreneurship and growing your own business, and that is imposter syndrome. And to help me talk about this topic today, I have Joanna Zemlewski. She's a high-performance coach and portrait photographer who helps ambitious entrepreneurs stop fighting themselves so they can multiply their business with greater impact and ease. A former chemical engineer, she developed a unique approach combining problem solving with the latest tools in personal development. She's the creator of Synergetic Soul, a program that combines the science of transformational psychology with the art of portrait photography to create lasting, soul-powered breakthroughs. She's a certified master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming and hypnosis and serves on the leadership team for Tony Robbins and as a mentor for Sue Bryce Education. Joanna, I'm so excited to talk with you today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Fantastic. So we're just going to dive right in. I want to know, okay, how do you go from being a chemical engineer to a high-performance coach and photographer? Yes. It actually seems like all very different things, but they're actually all very similar. So at my core, at my nature, I am a problem solver. I love to dive in and take a look at what's really going on and then find different ways of helping to find a solution for whatever that problem is. And so when I went from a technical mindset of engineering and I went through my own personal challenges and had my own breakthroughs, I realized that the mind is actually pretty similar because it's just programming. And so I, when I realized that there's this whole other world of problem solving that's on the soul level and on the body and mind level, that's when you know I started transferring my skills. And then with the portrait photography, I've always had a creative side of me and I loved photography and I found a a portrait photographer that was doing pretty much what I was doing with transformation of the body and the mind, but she was doing it with her camera. And I realized the power and the impact of what she was doing. And then I started incorporating that into my work. And so far, the results have just been beautiful. Wow. There's just so much in that, that I I don't even know where to first start. (laughs) So, you know, I love what you said though, about how the mind is kind of just programming, right? We, we grow up, we have our interactions with the world and we start kind of creating those paths. And it's sometimes hard to change those paths as we go. And I think that's kind of what creates that imposter syndrome for a lot of people is because if you, if you keep seeing this one thing and then you decide to change, it's hard to overcome the paths. So tell me a little bit about how, you know, the mind is programming and how you can kind of change that a little bit. 
Yeah, what you said is absolutely true. So most of our programming takes place in the first seven years of our lives. You know, we're we're told what we can be, what to do, what not to do, don't do that, you know, uh, how we should behave. So all of that becomes our subconscious programming that we then start to grow up with. By the time we're 35, pretty much 95% of our programming is set. So unless you have some sort of life change or some sort of huge transformational experience, or unfortunately, some sort of trauma, there's really nothing that pushes you to upgrade your programming or in this sense, update your identity, which is something that we need to do continuously, especially every single time we want to up level, whether it's in our life or in our business or in our relationships, we always have to look back and take a a bigger picture, look at who we're being, how we're showing up, And whether or not what we're doing and what we believe is still our truth, because most of the time it's not, it's actually what we were programmed to believe from that very young age. Wow. What I, what you said there about how, you know, there's that big picture and, uh, you know, you have to kind of reevaluate as you move forward, right? Is this still the path I'm on? Is this still uh, you know, the the values and, and the way I want to grow, because uh, especially an entrepreneur, you know, when you're kind of creating your own path forward, it's a little hard to be like, all right, where do I start? I don't know what's next, but I have this idea in my head of, oh, this is what you're actually supposed to do, right? This is how you're supposed to behave. This is how you're supposed to do business, quote unquote. And, you know, you kind of can set your own path, but you have to really take a moment and think about what that path will look like. Absolutely. And entrepreneurship is really one of the biggest spiritual games that there is. It's, it will test you in so many different ways and it's a direct reflection of who you are and how you're showing up. Because if you're not getting the results and you're not adjusting your approach and you're not adjusting your mindset, you're not going to get there, which is why so many businesses fail. So as an entrepreneur, it's going to test you the most and 80% of what you are doing really goes back to your mindset and who you're being. So you have to go back to that spiritual game of looking into yourself and looking into what resources do I need? What parts of myself or what beliefs that I've carried with me up to this point do I need to let go of? Because they may have gotten you to this point, but they're not going to get you to the next point. And so it's a continual spiritual game that you need to keep looking at. And so going back to your mindset, your beliefs, everything that you believe about yourself is really where it starts at the core for the entrepreneur. So when you say uh, it's everything that you believe in yourself, like uh, what would that look like? What do you mean when you say, you know, it's, it's your beliefs that are kind of framing your actions? So it's those, and, and the, here's the funny thing is that it's not usually what you're aware of. So it's that quiet voice in the back of your mind, right? So let's say you are going into a sales appointment or going into a consultation and you are trying to sell your service or product and your energy is not quite there. And then at the end, you ask if they want to buy and they say no. And you're kind of like, yeah, that's what I thought. Right. So you, you had that some sort of unconscious belief going into it, thinking that they're not going to be interested in it. Or same thing with a sales appointment. If you're going into a sales appointment and you hate selling. So it comes up subconsciously and it shows in your energy and the way that you move forward because it's very difficult for you to ask for the money or 
even if you do get the money, maybe afterwards you feel guilty about how much, you know, your client spent with you. So it shows up in different emotions. It shows up in those underlying voices that you need to bring awareness to because it's only through the awareness that you can then start to transform what that original programming was. And it could, it more, more than likely it was something that was programmed into you when you were very young. Okay, so let's go back then to, you know, how can you change your mindset? You know, we're talking about how, and you know, I know exactly what you mean when you talk about the little voice in the back of your head, right? Yeah, every time you you go out of the path that society kind of set forward, like, oh, uh, you're not going to go to a nine to five job, you know, you have the voice in the back of your head, but then you also have like everyone around you, right? Asking, so when are you going to get a real job, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's it's kind of a constant struggle, but how can you go about uh, you know, changing that mindset because you said you have to constantly update it. What what can you do to do that? So there's three main things that I work on with my clients, and this is where I suggest everyone starts. And the very first thing is, what is your story? Because whatever story you're telling yourself is the story that you keep reliving. So it's not about what happened to you; it's about how you defined it. What was the meaning that you gave it? And because that meaning is what's driving your future behavior. So if you think that you were wronged or you were victimized or there's something that is just completely unfair and you didn't find a deeper meaning in it, then you are going to keep holding on to that energy and it's going to transfer in different ways uh, through your work, through your product, through your service, through the way that you relate with other people. So the very first thing is going in back to what is the story that you're telling yourself as to why things aren't working out for you or why you can't reach that next level yet. The second thing is your identity, is who do you believe you are? Who do you believe that you, or what do you believe you're capable of, right? So many of us believe that we are just one personality, that this is who we are, these are our characteristics and our qualities. But in fact, we are so many different personalities in one. And we have what are called archetypes. And so a a simple way of explaining that would be, um, so you in your business as an entrepreneur, you are an entrepreneur, you are a manager, and you are an artist. And you need to understand which role to use when and which one is your primary or dominant role. And then if there's one of those roles that just does not work for you, that's something that you would outsource. But also if you are struggling with a particular area in your business, you know, think about, okay, what other identity can I take on or can I be that will allow me to do this easily? And here's a perfect example of this is there's two great examples in the entertainment world, and that's Beyonce and Madonna, right? Especially Madonna. She's reinvented herself so many times throughout her career. And at every stage, every single time she has something new that she promotes or she's had some spiritual growth, she essentially reinvents herself into a new identity. Yeah, and so, the queen of reinvention, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And same thing with Beyonce. You know, she has one identity for who she is in her personal life, and she has a completely separate identity for when she steps out onto that stage. That's when Sasha Fierce takes over. That's when, you know, Sasha Fierce is the entertainer. That's the queen bee that's on the stage that everyone is so enamored with, right? So we need to find what are those identities within ourselves that we can step into at different times that will allow us to perform at our best. And then the third part is, is what are your real values? And by values, I mean, what do you want to feel and what are you trying to avoid feeling? And then how easily is it for you to feel what you want? And then how hard is it 
for you to feel what you don't want. Usually in this case, we have it reversed. And what I mean by that is when you have something that you don't want to feel, like say rejection, then you make it super easy for yourself to fear rejection. For example, anytime someone tells me no, I feel rejected, right? But then let's say you want to feel successful. Well, in order for me to feel successful, I have to earn this amount of money, have this amount of appointments this week, talk to this many clients, right? And you have all of these rules that have to be met in order for you to feel successful. So you make it super difficult to feel what you want and very easy to feel what you don't want. And what we want to do is we want to reverse these. So we want to make it really easy to feel success and really difficult to feel rejected. And so it comes through in our subconscious rules, if you call it that, uh, or our subconscious programming. And so when we can actually start to redefine that, we can start to live by our values and then it aligns with our goals. So those are the three things. It would be your story, your identity, and then your values and how you meet them. And I, you know, listing out all of these things, I, I keep coming back to, you know, my area of expertise, if you will, is marketing. And I'm just like, yeah, you have to start with your story. You have to know what your story is. You have to own what your story is before you can even think about talking to other people because we as humans love stories. We're storytellers and we want to know how you came to be from point A to point B, right? The first question I asked you was chemical engineer to photographer and life coach. How does that happen to professional, um, you know, empowerment coach? How does that happen? Right? Absolutely. Um, And it's just, it's so powerful to kind of have that at the core of who you are and what you do is, I love what you said about, you know, defining, uh, it's not just the the actual facts, right? But it's how you reacted to those facts. It's how you assign meaning to those facts of what your story is and then how you own your story. You can take it from one perspective where you're never going to be achieving your success and then you can take it from the other perspective, like what you were talking about, where you flip it. And this is your success because you move from this point to this point to this point. You were successful because you kept moving forward. Yes. And I love what you just said in regards to storytelling and marketing, because marketing is nothing more than telling a story and then changing the story in your prospect's eyes. And so if you can change that story for yourself, you can then translate that, that same or a similar story for your prospects and for your clients and create an even bigger impact in their world just based on yours. Absolutely. It's all about, you know, painting the picture. It's about the the future self, right? Yeah. Uh, people, you know, uh, there's a, a common phrase in marketing, right? People don't want uh, a shovel or a post holder. They want the hole, right? They want the ability to be in the future where there's a hole where they can plant seeds. Yeah. Um, and it's the same type of thing for anything you're talking about, right? They want to know how you're going to help them. What transformation can you make for them? It's yes, you have a widget, you have a service, you have uh, you know a, a cool hat, whatever it is that you're selling. Um, but you know, in order to kind of connect with your audience, it's all about painting that picture of the future. And it's also kind of what we tell ourselves internally, right? I am successful because. I'm successful. But if I give all of those qualifiers, if I give all those modifiers, if I, if I have 15 rules for what constitutes success, then it's going to be really hard to achieve that. Absolutely. So, you know, we've talked about imposter syndrome and we've talked about, you know, changing your mindset. Uh, You know, how can you change your mindset specifically around imposter syndrome? We've talked about how, you know, you first have to kind of know your story, know your identity and know your values. How do you kind of conquer that little voice in the back of your head? How do you reframe that conversation? 
Yeah. So I find imposter syndrome shows up from two main things. Number one, it's either the past story of what's happened to you, especially if you have any form of trauma in your past, or there's a specific uh, significant event that happened that is directing your thoughts to where you believe that you are either not worthy of where you're at right now, or it's going to continually subconsciously control what's going to happen in your future. And so usually it's the, there's something about that story that we need to find a deeper meaning. And sometimes we need, just need to do some healing work around the trauma or the event that occurred. Now, the second part piece of it is going back to those values and those rules. So there's usually some form of comparison. So we are either comparing ourselves to others where we believe that they're at and we are not measuring up or we are comparing ourselves to some standard that is not even realistic. It's some form of perfection that we think we need to meet at all times. And if we don't, we are fraud. So that's usually how imposter syndrome shows up. Now, in order to change that, again, going back to those three things that I mentioned of, you know, let's go back to the story. Let's see what is, what was it that really happened? Did you really evaluate it at, you know, in its entirety? Is that your truth? And are you giving yourself the full picture? Are you telling yourself who do you need to be, right? Which identity do you need to step into? Because if you are going into a sales session with a client and your core identity in your business is being an artist and you go into that sales session being an artist, of course, you're going to feel like a fraud, right? You're going to feel like I'm not here to sell. I'm not here to, you know, uh, build my business because I feel like it's not aligned because you're going in there as the artist. And what does the artist want to do? The artist wants to share his work. And I work with a lot of artists and a lot of photographers. And so usually what they end up doing is they end up giving their work away or they discount it, uh, at, you know, with a big discount. And then afterwards they feel resentful. And so what you need to do is you need to pick the right identity to go into that meeting. And the right identity would be the entrepreneur. The entrepreneur is not there to create the art. The entrepreneur is there to create the sale. So the artist already did his job and now it's time for the entrepreneur to take over it and to complete it. And the entrepreneur can connect just as well with that client as the artist did. So really going back and choosing, you know, what is the right identity for this situation? Which again, going back to Madonna and Beyonce, they have those identities set. They can step into them at any time. So you need to figure out what are those identities for you? Is it a rock star? Is it being a warrior? Is it being a, a king or queen or a lover in this space? You know, who, who is the identity that needs to take over in this particular moment in which you are experiencing the imposter syndrome? And I then, love what you're talking about here with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, picking the right identity, because it's so interesting to me. I'll meet people, they're entrepreneurs, they run their own business and, you know, they're willing to wear all of the hats, right? They are the yeah. person who's doing the books. They are the person who is putting up their website. They are the person learning all the new tech. They are the person doing this, 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 this. But when it comes time to, uh, you know, invest in their actual business, right? They're willing to wear all of those hats. But w- like you're saying, right, when it's time for them to show up, as an entrepreneur on the phone, that's not something that they they feel they can own that identity to do that. And, you know, what we talked about a little bit earlier in, in the interview here, you mentioned, you know, if it's not where you feel comfortable, like 
or if it's not where you're best using your talents, it's something to outsource, right? If you love coaching, if you love being a photographer, if you love taking the photos, but you know, you don't really like writing the sales letters to buy your package for your wedding. Well, then that's something you outsource because that way you can be authentic when you show up because you know, you're going to give them value. You know, you're going to create this wonderful uh, package of images for people to treasure their special day, whatever that is for years to come. But you don't want to create the words that tell people that. Well, then that's something you outsource, right? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I, with the artists that I work with, so many of them, again, going back to uh, telling me that they hate selling. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I think everyone can sell because the sales process today is not what it used to be. It's not that, you know, that uh, full on. I'm going to go through every single objection that you have hard on selling. That's not what it is. It's actually just establishing a relationship from the very beginning and being of service every single step of the way to the point where the sale actually makes itself. So taking that point of view on it, I think anyone can sell and anyone can sell their own work. But if there's really something in you where you just feel like you are not called to do that, then you need to look at bringing on someone that can serve as that entrepreneur role and take that that piece over for you. And so, you know, it could be someone that you bring on as a partner in your business. It could be someone that you hire. But either way, you need to look at filling that role because it's essential in your business and it has to be filled in one form or another. Absolutely. You know, I love what you said about uh, you should always be of service and create that relationship from the beginning. That's my whole process with marketing is it should always stem from one question. How can I help you? And you as the people that you're talking with, you as the people who will become your clients. And it's if you come from that place where it's like, look, I want to help you. I want to help you improve. I want to help you reach your goals. Then it's it's really simple. It's like, oh, this is the next step in, in making a uh, you know, getting those people to the next place. It's how you can be of service. And I love what you said about, you know, building that relationship from the start. It's not about hard selling. I don't like hard selling. I'm, you know, but it doesn't need to be, you know, selling and, and marketing. They're not dirty words because it's just you wanting to help more people with what you are able to do. Yeah. When you're coming from a genuine place of service, you can ask those questions to handle those objectives objections, but they're not coming from a place of, I have to sell you. They're coming from a place of, tell me more so I can understand and I can help you make the right decision for you. So it's a, it's a completely different energy. And so that's the shift that you need to make if you are a salesperson and same thing with, 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 with uh, marketing, you're there to share your message. You're there to show, to share your stories. So it's not so much about doing that hard sell in that traditional form of what was done so many years ago. Absolutely. You know, we've talked about how to define your story and how, you know, the meaning you ascribe, the meaning you give to your story is what kind of shapes who you are, finding the identity, realizing you have more than one, especially in a world of entrepreneurship and making sure you can pick and choose the right ones for the right situations. And then really kind of defining your values and, and figuring out, you know, how can I feel successful? Uh, make it easy to be successful, right? Make it a lot harder to be rejected. And, you know, just so many great things on how you can overcome imposter syndrome. So my question for you, okay, we're, we're running low on time here. So, you know, if somebody is going to listen to this and then go immediately and take an action, what is the one big takeaway, the one big action item you would have for someone? So the very first thing that I would start with is what we mentioned, you know, in the beginning, which is going back to your story is really looking back at your story and what you believe is is holding you back from achieving that next level now. And 
looking at it from a bigger picture and seeing what details are you missing? What is the real truth here? What else can you extract from it in terms of how it can drive you and move you forward? So it becomes a point of power for you instead of what's holding you back. Now, what I've done is I've actually created a free training on everything that we spoke about. So it starts with guiding you from what's the truth all the way up to what do you need to remember when you're speaking with your future self? So that's a, it's a um, seven power questions to overcome imposter syndrome. And there's also a audio coaching meditation for that's only five minutes long. So you can do it actually very quickly where I will directly guide you through all of these steps. So that way, if you're going into a meeting or you are, you know, um, have something where it's a little bit more high pressure, or even if you're just having a moment, you can just put it on, go through it. I literally guide you through every single step of the way. And then afterwards, just, you know, journal down your notes, what you experience. And so that will help you to start to overcome this in the long term. Wow. That's such a powerful gift. You know, so many of us, we, we hear these steps and then we're like, okay, but how do I actually do this? And to be able to kind of download the questions, get the meditations, know what to do. Absolutely. Remember to go and, and download that. Um, and the link will be in the show notes, but just real fast, uh, where can they access that? So it'll be on my website at soulscaping.com, or you can use uh, a bitly link that I set up for it. It's bit.ly slash imposter syndrome guide. Fantastic. Imposter syndrome guide. Again, those links will be in the show notes. So Joanna, if people want to know a little bit more about you and what you do and how to get in touch with you and maybe work with you, uh, how can they do that? My website is soulscaping.com and I'm on LinkedIn. Instagram and Facebook and all of my accounts are under at Soulscaping. Soulscaping is my business name. Fantastic. Joanna, I want to say thank you so much for coming today and sharing your wisdom and sharing all of these really powerful tools to help people kind of overcome imposter syndrome. And thank you for sharing today. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.